Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new Autoline Daily. I'm Sean McElroy filling in for John today, but now let's look at today's top stories. Many people perceive hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and electric vehicles as a solution to help improve air pollution, but a new study from North Carolina State University says that's not the case. Researchers tested 108 different scenarios to find out how electric drive vehicles will impact emissions between now and 2050. They found that even if 42% of passenger cars have some form of electrification, they won't significantly reduce air pollutants. Part of the reason is passenger cars are a small percentage of total emissions, but also because emissions from power plants will negate much of the benefits from electric vehicles. Last week we reported that General Motors edged Volkswagen in car sales last year, but the German automaker now claims it outsold GM. VW says it sold 9.73 million vehicles last year, which includes heavy-duty trucks from its MAN and Scania units. GM sold 9.71 million vehicles in 2013, while Toyota was the top global seller, hitting 9.98 million sales. Car sales are having a tough time in Europe, and that's especially true in France. Last year's sales fell 5.5%, and yet with 2.1 million light vehicles sold, it's still a significant market. Peugeot and Citroën are the clear leaders with 30% market share, easily beating out Renault and Dacia. In fact, PSA still takes the number one spot, even if you include Nissan and Infiniti as a part of the Renault group. Here are the rest of the top 10 automakers selling passenger cars and light trucks in the French market. The VW group is in the third spot, and then there's a big drop-off with a close cluster of automakers headed by the Fiat group, Ford, GM and Opel, Toyota and Lexus, Nissan and Infiniti, Mercedes, and finally, BMW and Mini. Even though there have been no reported incidents globally, Toyota is putting a stop sale on some of its vehicles with seat heaters that don't meet U.S. fire standards. As it turns out, the heater and some of the materials around it don't meet requirements for how long they retard a flame. Affected models include the Avalon, Avalon Hybrid, Camry, Camry Hybrid, Corolla, Sienna, Tacoma, and Tundra. Now it just remains to be seen if NHTSA will issue a recall. Mini has a history of clever marketing techniques, and the tradition continues with the new Mini hardtop. To get the word out that the new model is on the way, Mini held a contest called the Final Test Test Drive. Mini owners were asked to pretend that they were a development engineer taking the new Mini on its last test drive before being put on sale, and they were asked to submit the kind of test drive they would take it on. Tom Selkowski, the head of marketing for Mini USA, says they got 800 submissions, and 11,000 owners, along with executives from Mini, just chose the top 10. They've produced videos of those test drives and posted them online. Now they're going to choose the best one, and that winner will get to customize a Mini and choose a name for it, and then Mini will offer a package on its configurator. Follow the link in today's show notes to see what these test drives were all about. By the way, Salkowski reminds us the new Mini hardtop 
will come standard with a 134 horsepower, 1.5 liter three-cylinder engine that will deliver 40 miles per gallon on the highway and run from zero to 60 in 7.3 seconds with the six-speed automatic. Is social media something automakers should put a lot of time and effort into? We'll take a look at that coming up next. Proven on the track and on roads around the world, Borg Warner turbochargers improve fuel economy and reduce emissions without sacrificing performance. Borg Warner, official turbocharger supplier to the IZOD IndyCar Series. Automakers can cite anecdotal evidence of social media helping customers, but is it really worth a car maker's time and effort to reach customers through those venues? On this week's AutoLine, John asked that question to social media experts from the Detroit automakers, and here's what they have to say. When you stand back and look at it all, and, and the amount of resources, people, and effort that you're putting into it, what, what's the ROI? What's the return uh, on Oh, the investment? ROI question. I wondered how long it was going to be <laughs> yeah. before we got to that. Uh, well, two things. One, I'll give you my glib point, which is, you know, people, I think, put social media under unfair scrutiny when it comes to ROI. We don't do that about press releases. We don't ask what the ROI of a press release is. Or, John, what's the ROI of the telephone on your desk, right? That's an important tool in building relationships. What's the ROI of at your email account. What's the ROI of putting pants on every day, right? It's <laughs> a lot, I'll tell you yes, that. <laughs> right? It's important that you do In it. In my business, yeah, it's right? a lot. Yeah. Negative consequences if you don't, right? So there's, there's uh, a case to be built there. But frankly, at Ford, we've been seeing the growth, particularly from millennials and interest in our car. The, the Fiesta alone has seen an 80% growth in 18 to 34-year-olds actually purchasing the vehicle, and that's due in direct, uh, it's due directly to the Fiesta movement and lots of the social efforts we put, particularly around those millennial-based uh, cars. Um, anecdotally, it's, we're always going to uh, bring stuff in, but as big data, of course, becomes more prevalent, we're going to be able to prove this more. As we continue to fine-tune our relationship with Facebook, and we can actually have mobile offers, location-based offers that actually tie to our dealerships, that's where the magic is really going to start to happen. So we're going to see this whole space really uh, begin to evolve even more over the next two to three years, I think. And it's not like it, it's all these resources. It's, it's redirecting the work you used to do. I mean, because the whole media has changed in how you tell stories. And so if you're taking people off the phones to go to the web for customer assistance, you're still doing customer assistance. Uh, we're still doing corporate communications. Marketers are still marketing. You're just using the tools and the channels that you have. And I really I have two answers on that. One, in a general sense, um, social media is just another tool in the box. And when people ask me, you know, what are you getting out of it? I say, you know what, whatever the company's doing in aggregate, if it's working, if you're successful, then I look at that, that tool must have contributed in some way. In a more specific sense, we tried something a few years ago where we sold a special edition of the Jeep Wrangler, the Islander, and didn't use anything but Twitter, nothing. There were 5,000 units for sale. We used nothing but Twitter. Uh, we ran a, a contest. It was a rather involved contest, but that was the only single platform that we promoted the Jeep Wrangler Islander on and sold all 5,000 within a few weeks. <laughs> So if you're wondering, does it work? Sure it works, you just have to use it right. It works. Yeah. <laughs> Joining John for that show is Scott Monty from Ford, Mary Hennigy from GM, and Ed Garston from Chrysler. And you can watch that entire discussion right now on our website, autoline.tv. And that's a wrap for today's show. Thanks for watching, and I hope you have a great weekend.
Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.